Okay, good evening tonight, and welcome tonight to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Uh, we are Maximum Value Partners, we being myself, Jack Mancini, and Adam Sunhalter. We talk about small business in every way possible. There's probably very few things we haven't seen or experienced personally with small businesses. And we have a lot of fun doing this show. We've been doing it now for over 100 episodes and going over to, well, it's over two years. Moving into the third year, holy crap. Uh, it goes fast. We love what we do. We, uh, we've coached hundreds of clients through every conceivable problem that uh, you could almost imagine. And tonight, we're going to talk about how do you basically, how do I take my, how do I get my employees to take ownership of the company and ownership of their work around them? How the heck do you do this? We have a little routine in which we talk about the how questions. You owners of small businesses, we know it. We know how you feel. We know what the, the, the seat you sit in. And basically, you have questions that come up every day, multiple times, multiple different subjects, and it can all start with the word how. So tonight, we're going to talk about how do I take my employees to take ownership in the company? What do you think, Adam? It's a common challenge, Jack. We talk with uh, clients every week about some some version of this, and you know it can be very lonely as the owner of a small business. Even if you have dozens of employees, it can it can often be lonely, which seems kind of strange when you think about it. But, All those uh, bodies, but uh, lonely in a mental sense, right? Yeah, it can be lonely. It can be taxing. Can you know we, we, we've talked often over the over the years, Jack, about how the owners are often looked at as having all the answers. And we often joke with owners when we first meet them. We tell them, hey, guess what? We know. We know you're making it up most of the time. We, you know, we know you don't have all the answers. And they'll give us that kind of sly grin, like, hey, somebody's on to me here, right? You know, somebody knows that I don't know everything, and it's well, okay. Wait a they do. They do have all the answers. The, the problem is that many of them might be the wrong answers. But, uh, well, they have answers. They aren't I don't know what's worse, answers. bad answers or indecision. <laughs> The two, the two can be just equally bad. One, either one could be worse at any given time. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of questions that they answer that that's because nobody else will answer them. Nobody else can answer them. Nobody else has the authority to answer them. A whole bunch of reasons. You're starting to sound like Getty Lee, Jack. Who? Getty Lee. Getty Lee. Yes. Not to be confused not with... Not Betty Ro- Lee. Getty Lee. I'm not sure who Betty Lee is. Betty V. B. G. I know who Robert <laughs> E. Lee is. Uh-oh. we got to watch him. No, Getty Lee with a G <laughs> as in girl. Uh, Getty Lee is the uh, the lead singer of a band called Rush. Ah, okay. And there's a lyric that's very similar to what you just said, which, which is, <laughs> even if you choose not to decide... You still have made a choice. That's right. Okay. How true that is. So without knowing it, here you are quoting modern culture. I knew it, No, no, I knew it. I was just going to see if you picked it up. I did. did. Not only did you pick it up, you picked up the quote. And I'm going to guess that quote is totally accurate. Yes, it is. All right. So in any case, let me just let people know. Again, we want to thank you for joining us again on on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We always love having you be part of the show and really communicate with us during the show or or when we're off the air. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, When we're here in the studio, you can get us here at 440-946-9468. We can get us on the Twitter sphere. At, uh, the company Twitter handle is at MaximumVP. Uh, for Jack Mancini, it's at JackMMVP. And for me, you can get me at, at Adam Sonhalter. We also like emails. Emails are a good way to get a hold of us. Uh, we've got one designed for this show, which is radio at MaximumVP.com. So lots of ways to react to what, whether what we're talking about tonight or in a prior show. If you have some ideas for, for future shows or other hot questions, as Jack was alluding to here in the open, uh, that you'd like, to, like for us to cover. But we have lots of stuff to talk about. You know, Jack and I have been coaching owners of small companies for, for you know, well over 15 years now, and we've worked with hundreds and, and met thousands of small companies. And so there's always stuff. And, always. You know, all the stuff they go through, too. Well, we're pretty creative guys, Jack, but, you know, a lot of these things you just can't make up. You know, these, <laughs> they, 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 you know it's, it's those things that have to be true because it just seems too crazy to, to be a made-up story. So 
So yeah, tonight's show we're talking about how do you take owner or how do you get your team to take ownership, and that's not necessarily ownership of the company; it's ownership of parts of the company. So whether it be projects or certain certain parts of the company, and as I mentioned before, it can be very lonely, very taxing for the owner to try to have all those answers. But to people, you know, the the, the visual I often have is the, the birds in the nest, those hungry mouths, right? And they're and they're waiting. Waiting for mama to come back and drop that food in their mouths, right? And and that's often where, again, we mentioned being lonely, even though you may have you know, dozens of employees, <clears throat> often is the case they're waiting for the marching orders to come from on high, waiting for the owner to kind of, here's what has to be done. Here's the answers for all these things. When, again, they're giving answers, to your point, Jack. Now, whether they're right or wrong, they're the best, they're, it's their best guess at, at that point. Um, <laughs> and so, the key is how do you get other people involved? And we've, we've wait. Uh, I can't. I can't let the the birds in the nest go by. I mean, we were <laughs> laughing earlier today about the the Family Guy episode where he grows a beard. Beards are obviously very fashionable today. Big beards are very fashionable, as we all know. And these birds, I, I can't remember how the birds ended up getting in the nest. Not the nest, his beard. They, the birds, the baby birds considered the nest to be his beard. So he was going to comb them out and get rid of them. But the warden or the wildlife uh, inspector uh, forbade him to do it. It was against federal law to touch or harm those birds from their natural habitat. So he had to, he had to keep the birds in his in his beard. And they started to get cocky and have an attitude and expect to be fed. And it's funny how, how that works and the overlap into the actual world of, of work. People, if, if uh, uh, you know, they fall into those same positions, they can lose their edge. They can lose their attitude, too, if they get too many wrong answers or if they're restrained. I mean, that was just a funny episode. So you're so you're comparing the owners to, to Peter. That's right. Peter. Peter's got that bird's nest uh, hanging around his chin. I do recall that, yeah. And he, yeah, he's there, and they're popping right out, and then he's got the food in his mouth for them to kind of pop their their little beaks in there to kind of get fed. And it was it was he he enjoyed it early on, right? To your point, it was, he did, it was kind of cool. It was neat. But very quickly, it was like, wait a minute, and uh, that's probably a very good. Um, a very Analogy good visual. For something. No, well, I guess it's a good visual. I'm, I'm, now, for those of you who've watched Family Guy a lot, and not, I'm going off on a tangent here, Jack, but you kind of put me down this area. I've watched a number of the, sh- the episodes over the years, and there was the one, the one show th- to me that, that really brought a lot of things to light in terms of Peter's character and kind of stuff that he does. Because he's not quite as bad as, or he's, he's a little different from probably Over the Edge versus like, like Michael Scott's character. You know, Steve Carell's character in The Office, you know, he would mm, do stuff that was yeah. kind of crazy things. Like, people wouldn't do that. Well, some people would, but um, anyway, P- Peter's character, he was he was diagnosed as being mildly retarded. And I said, okay, it starts to explain why he's doing what he's doing in terms of, yeah, just the stuff he was doing seems a little bit just out of step with everybody else, right? But he did it with great enthusiasm. So it's like, okay. So I said, okay, that starts to make sense. So I'm assuming for those owners who kind of have seen that episode, you aren't talking about that. We aren't, we aren't comparing the owners to, to, to folks who are being mildly retarded, per se. It's more that we're comparing them to what happens with the frustration of all of a sudden you have these birds. And it's really kind of cool early on where they're here they are, they're, they're depending upon you, they're feeding off you. But then after a while, it's like, hey, can you guys do something for yourselves? I mean, that, that's kind of where you started getting annoyed. It's like, hey, quit coming after me. I'm trying to eat, and you guys are always, you're, it's nonstop. You know, that's, that's it, it, it's a great <laughs> visual. So it can be very, very taxing and tiring as an owner. And so we, we birds in your beard. That's right. Keep that picture in mind. All right. So what do you do about it, Jack? How do you how do you get them to step up instead of just kind of throwing up your hands or yelling at them? That's probably not necessarily a good thing to do. You chances are you're not going to have a a federal agent. You might though if you're trying to get That's rid of right. them. That's you might, right. Might have some lawsuits. It's actually maybe a better analogy than. Uh, Originally, Um, but you know, a couple of maybe frame this here in our in our first segment before we before we had to break here in a little bit. But a couple of just maybe ways to to start to start to approach things. It's important for ideas to be their own. Okay, what I mean by that usually the owner feels that pressure to have all the answers, and so instead of throwing things back at their team, they'll throw out an answer. They'll throw out some direction. Versus throwing it back at them, well, hey, well, hey, what do you folks think? What do you think we, we should do? Or get, uh, you know, we're, again, we're, we're very big, uh, big fans of whiteboards and flip charts. Because 
What that enables us to do is to, to get a lot of people involved in what's going on. And it isn't necessarily my idea or your idea or her idea, Jack. It's our ideas. And we start to take ownership in those ideas in terms of what's kind of being put together. And so it takes some of the pressure off, I guess, to a certain extent from the owner to have all the answers. But it also, again, it gets those folks involved where I'm more likely to act upon an idea that was mine as opposed to you're always kind of barking orders at me as the boss and telling me what to do. And at some point I may become like Charlie Brown's teacher where you, you kind of or any adult in the Charlie Brown world. We stop, you know, people stop hearing you. Yeah, that's, that's a very common problem. There's no question about that. And that it, uh, you know, a big key to create the big, the big tent where all this stuff takes place under this tent uh, is sharing information. You know, if I'm the boss of a company, I got to share information, and the more information I share with with my employees, the better they're going to be. Because, hey, I'm a smart guy, but I'm not as smart as 25 brains working on trying to solve the problem. And ideas, if they're encouraged, and and the the uh, atmosphere is, is created to encourage people talking talking up about things that, that could be done and should be done. Uh, not only do they provide good ideas that prosper for the company, but they themselves start to get empowered. It's pretty cool stuff to watch that. So one simple example I can give this before we head to break, Jack, is a, a client we're working with where we had these ideas starting to be gathered. And we'll, we'll, we'll frame it within the standpoint of what, what does the company need? You know, you know, and it, can, it can be anything. Um, you know, what kind of things does the company need to get better, whether it be from a, uh, you know, a physical environment standpoint to different types of training, wherever it might be. But, you know, what ideas do you have that can help make the company better? And to start getting those ideas out, and we, you know, we're fans of hey, putting up flip charts around to be able to get get those ideas collected. Or if you're more electronically uh, driven company, or maybe more of a dispersed uh, workforce, to have a, a shared file, have people email. But to, to start to get those ideas kind of pulled together, and people can start to rally around what what some of those best ideas are. And we had a client um, a little while back that had this process going on, and they came up with 66 ideas. And so we started to refer to this as the Route 66 group. Yeah. Route 66, what the heck is that? <laughs> For those of you who have traveled, traveled in the southwest, the old Route 66 can take you across some very interesting towns. For those of you who are more, uh, have young kids, uh, you may have seen the Cars movies, and that's kind of what they're going through. They're going through old Route 66 and those dead towns that when the big interstates kind of went through and took away yeah, from that was before. That was before the interstates. That's right. That's how you got across the country. So the, the, the workforce is, is a little older workforce, so they know and understand and appreciate Route 66. I know there's a show you mentioned uh, a little while back, Jack, that was called Route 66. That uh, Was it somebody driving in a Corvette? They had a Corvette, two guys in their prime, and uh, as they drove across the country, they had all sorts of different adventures. It was, kind of, it was a pretty good program, actually. But that was a long time ago. It's okay. But anyway, so so they started to really embrace this. And we'll give you some details when we come back here from break to give you how that kind of came to, to, to be and what they did about it. So stay tuned to hear more about that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we look forward to hearing, or no, we look forward to getting back to you so you can hear us in a few minutes. That's right. All right, we got uh, more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way. So stay tuned on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINT. Radio.com. All right, we're back here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We appreciate here you. Here we go. Here's <laughs> Johnny. Jack. Wait, no. Johnny's not in here. We, yeah, well, that's Johnny left the building. We got Jack and Adam instead, which is okay. That's right. That's as good as Johnny and, and Ed. We're talking about Ed before, too, Ed McMahon and those of you who remember going to your mailbox with Ed McMahon, it was always a big, big surprise. And I remember that scene from Fletch. You've seen Fletch oh, before, yeah. you, right? Right. You're trying to get the prize. Oh, I may have the answer. Here it is. Ed McMahon, you might be a winner. Publisher's Clearinghouse. <laughs> a lot of random thoughts so far this evening, Jack, but that, it's that's all right. okay. Random thoughts are good ones. Yeah. We're just stream of consciousness here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. So uh, our topic this evening has been talking about how do I get my team to take ownership of different things going on in the in the business. And as we're heading to break, we were talking about this uh, whole Route 66 thing. 
which was a client of ours that had gathered a bunch of ideas from all the different uh, parts of the team as far as what could make the company better. And it was called Route 66 because there were 66 ideas the first time through this. 66 ideas. Some of them were cost-saving. Some of those were improving the environment. Some of those uh, would lead to revenue enhancement. Overall, just very interesting, very pleasing, at at least to, to, I, I think most people were very pleased with the whole outcome here. And there's a way to do that, and that's one of the things we teach when we coach clients. Eventually, we get to that point on the organizational uh, component of how to get your employees more involved. They, you know, they're, they're, there's been a lot of studies made about what motivates people, what motivates people on the workplace, and money is, is often thrown at the top of the list, and that's often not true when the actual survey is completed. People like money, of course, but money usually ranks number three or so. Uh, if, if, you know, good people like to feel involved, they like to see their ideas go into play, they like to, to uh, you know, just, just be able to strut their stuff a little bit and, and, you know, present ideas, get in the spotlight. And it's kind of fun, and you can almost feel the energy when that happens. So that's a big part of trying to get your employees involved, make them feel that they're part of the company. And that's one good way to do it. There are other ways, but that's one good way to do it. Well, it starts to give them some insight, Jack, to how um, how difficult it can be. Because you know, with, with this Route 66 group we're talking about, what we did is we divided it into two broad categories. One kind of being easier, and one being a little more difficult in terms of the projects, right? And then with the idea of the easier being something that could be handled maybe by one person or could be handled relatively quickly, which would be you know probably weeks kind of thing, where again it should be able to get done pretty quickly. Whereas the the, the more longer term stuff maybe be, would be more involved. You need to get uh, more resources from, the, from the, the company, more people involved, maybe some outside folks involved. So that may take maybe months or years to kind of develop or evolve. And usually this is the case. This is an example here with, with Route 66, but it's often the case with, with clients of ours where those, those short-term easy projects, uh, quote-unquote easy projects, often drag on for weeks and months and it, and it starts to tie into something else because you know there's a there's there's a co-dependence or, in, or interdependence as part of the company where it's rare you can just kind of pluck something out and here it is all by itself there's uh, there's often some other things that's going to impact or or affect or you start to move things around a little bit now hey i didn't realize that's going to going to mess things up over here. So also things get involved where, again, some of this should have taken two weeks. Now here we are, you know, six months later, and it's finally getting buttoned up. So it helps give people that appreciation for when I come in with all these wonderful ideas and I, I drop them on your desk. Hey, Jack, here's the answer. Go take care of it, you know, as the boss. Well, it's, it's never that simple. It never is. And, you, you yeah, the Route 66 provides a, a, a good way to teach the complexity of even what sounds like simple changes. So I'm going to bet that everyone out there who works for a small business has had an idea that never advanced. To Adam's point, you just uh, had an idea, you want this change to be made in your mind. It's a great idea in your mind. And you go in and you talk to the boss about it, and you give him the, the package and put it on the desk. And now you transfer the job or the idea to him. And, again, this is something I'm sure you've experienced in your company. A couple weeks later, there's been no acknowledgement. Month, month, maybe two later, no acknowledgement. So either you or you're hearing it from somebody else who's in the same situation comes rolling down the road here and, and talks about the boss, how he doesn't care. I've given him ideas for how the company can be better, and I never hear back from him. So why does that exist? And what does that do to the morale and thinking of the employee who gave that idea? Well, it's a bummer. It, it shows negativity, and that employee feels bad, and he's talking bad about the company, all because of something that could have been corrected with a good process, the Route 66 process, as we call it. But more importantly, you know, we want the employees to feel pretty good. And there's a lot of that going around today with political correctness, employees feeling good 
Well, that in and of itself shouldn't be an objective. Like, what do you come in and wear party hats on Friday? I mean, how do you feel? How do you make somebody feel good? You don't force those things. You make them part of the overall company. You make them part of the overall decision-making. That's how they feel good about the company, and that's how the company gets better. That's one good way, and it's probably the best way. Let me let me circle back to something you <clears throat> mentioned um, almost in passing in the first segment, Jack, which was the the idea of sharing information. Okay. Let me give an example of what that looks like. And again, we're very big fans of that. The the the, the one piece of information, just uh, uh, by way of caveat here, that we do not encourage you sharing, is what people make. You can show if you're showing financial numbers and just lump everything together. That's okay, but don't show you know each individual's you know salary, hourly rates. If people want to talk about that, talk to them, each other about that themselves. You can't stop that. But you, as the as the boss, as the owner, should not be talking about that. There's nothing positive that's going to come from that. But everything else, everything else should be open up to be talked about. And what happens when you start to share information is you start to engage more brains in what's kind of going on. So if you've got 10 employees and you're starting to share with them what's kind of going on, they start to get involved because they're, they're all living their lives as well. You as the owner are living your life. They're living their lives. And part of your job as the owner is to start to, to tune in those antennae that, that people have to what you're trying to do. So a very simple example of this with a client of ours years ago was sharing information about what you know, what was going on. The, 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 this owner had just taken over the company in, in, in the last year or so and was starting to, starting to put her stamp on the company. And part of what she wanted to share was kind of the grand vision for the company as far as where she wanted to take the company and start to share some of the ideas in terms of what were some of the new markets that they were going into that, that they were trying to grow the business. And, again, brought the team together, mentioned what was kind of going on, mentioned where they were looking for some help in different areas. And it's funny, two things kind of came out of that. One was, uh, one of the things that they were looking to get into uh, was some Facebook stuff. Okay, and this is, again, this is years ago. And there was, a, there was a guy working in the warehouse that raised his hand and said, hey, you know, I'm, you know he wound up being this Facebook guru. Oh, he knew yeah, more about a, Facebook than anybody. A good, that's a good, yeah, good story. Well, he knew more about Facebook than the, than the rest of the company combined in terms of experience of what's kind of going on. So he's like, this is great. No big deal. On his own time. He's buried in the warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. So on his own time, set up a, set up a Facebook page for the company, started putting things up there. And again, he, 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 he was an un unknown resource that was there in the company that simply by sharing information in terms of what they were trying to do popped to the surface. And also out of out of me like that came, there was a, another guy who was working the line who was out doing his normal, I think it was a Thursday night, he would get together with some friends of his and go shoot pool at a local bar. And he was there within a couple of weeks and and one of the, the, the people he was shooting pool with happened to be uh, a guy who worked for the for the local school system, and now he was paying attention when the boss was talking a few weeks earlier about one of the areas that they're looking to grow was with the school systems. So as they're having a few beers and playing some pool, they started talking about stuff, and this guy was complaining about the the, the company that they were, they were currently using. This is the school system. Yeah. Yeah. He was complaining about the company that, that, that they were currently using that was providing poor servers, people falling asleep on the jobs, people stealing stuff. And so, of course, our guy raised his hand and said, you know what, we do that, we, and we work very well with those kind of companies. You, know, you should probably talk, talk to my boss. Hands things over. Long story short, within the matter of a, uh, of a few weeks, it turned into a half a million dollar job. Half a million dollar job. Pretty cool. That's you know that that's exactly the kind of things that happen randomly. You just can't predict it. But the whole point is that information was being shared, <clears throat> and and owners of small businesses often don't do that. They don't take the time to let their employees, all of them, know what the heck's going on. The employees like it, and the employees can find solutions where you least expect it. So it's key to get up there and start to present and talk about stuff. Even if you're not formally presenting stuff, just to kind of share your thoughts and ideas. People are curious about it. You, know, you mentioned before, too, Jack, what kind of motivates people, right? And that idea of, of being included. Um, yeah, I was watching a show. Uh, this is a show that was years ago called uh, called Parenthood. That's uh, on Hulu now. Oh, no, Netflix I'm watching. 
Anyway, one of those on-demand services. Anyway, the, the part of the show, there was a, a guy who had been working for 15 years for the shoe company, and he had been promised by the boss that he'd be getting a part of the company in terms of ownership, in terms of physical ownership of, uh, of, of stock in the company. In any case, uh, during one of the episodes, he calls him in Thanksgiving morning and says, Hey, Jack, by the way, I sold the company last night. He's like, what do you mean? Like, you start talking about it? He's like, no, the, the, the deal was signed last night. He's going, I've been with you for 15 years, and you're telling me this now? Like, how, how do I not know about this, right? So he was, he was, so, he was so pissed off about this. And the, 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 guy, the, the guy who was the boss, by the way, was dating this guy's sister, right? He said, well, I'll see you later at, you know, at your family's house for Thanksgiving dinner. He's like, don't come. Yeah, he's like, he, he kind of disinvited him. He was, so, he was so mad about it, right? So being included. You know, here he was. He felt, he felt so disrespected because you know, he was going to keep – he's like, why don't you talk to me about this stuff? So people – there's a natural tendency to want to keep things Yeah, they want to be part – well, people want to be part of the – Part of the action, part of the organization. They, they want to know, like anybody. They don't want surprises, especially if they're negative. But they, you know, they like to feel they can contribute, and they can. And it's the owner's job to sort of pull them out, pull them out of whatever shell they might be in. That's right. All right. We have lots of other stories and ideas to share with you when we come back here from break in terms of how do you get your employees to take ownership. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm Jack Mancini. We're business coaches. All right, we got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way. So stay tuned here on Integrity Radio, WINT thirteen thirty AM, one oh one five FM and online, WINTradio.com. All right. We're back at it again. Thank you for uh, joining us again on this evening's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. Hi, I'm Jack Mancini. We're business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. We've been together 15 years, and we deal with owners of small companies. That's yes, what we, we do. do. That's what we do, Jack. Yep. And on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock, we co-host this show, Dirty Secrets of Small Business, to help share a lot of those stories of the small business owners we help, as well as share stories from our own personal experiences. We've been at this coaching thing for well over 15 years, and uh, we've owned and operated personally ourselves over 20 companies, and, and we're involved with big companies back in our early careers. We've kind of been there, done that, seen so many different things, and we're there to help uh, our clients on a day-to-day basis, but again, you know, once a week we're here to help every small business owner to kind of get the word out there about what's kind of going on and sort of share some, some of the common challenges that we know are common not only for our client base, but for the folks out there, in, uh, whether it be here in Willoughby or on the east side of Cleveland or the folks in the podcast sphere that are listening to this on the podcast as well. So appreciate you being part of the show as always. And we're talking tonight about how to, how to get your team to take some ownership of what's going on. So we've been stressing here in the first part of the show about the idea of sharing information, again, being inclusionary, to to get people involved what's kind of going on so they feel like they're part of the team. You know, the idea of of trying to get ideas out of people's heads because your team has ideas. Your your, your team wants to be able to share ideas and help bring them and, and get them involved in the process so they can not only get those ideas out, but give them the chance to be able to take those from idea stage to make them real and understand how difficult what when even something can be seemingly very simple and easy, how it can impact the company and become much more complex pretty quickly. And so, so they sort of appreciate what maybe you as the owner have been doing for years and why maybe a lot of the ideas that they brought to you over the years have kind of languished or never gotten off the ground. So another thing to kind of keep in mind as we're talking here. Um, yeah, we're very big in terms of frameworks here. So one of the key frameworks here is to focus on solutions versus identifying problems. Problems, and, are, problems are pretty easy to identify. And, you know, people can throw out a definition of a problem, but it's often not a, a problem that's workable to provide a good solution for without putting more work and definition into it. But people feel very comfortable throwing out complaints on problems. Hey, they should fix this. They should do this. Or I would buy this. Or I was at Home Depot and I saw this. And Okay, now what are you going to do about it? Well, that's where it seems to stop very short the solution, the fix-it problem. Who's going to do it? The other guy. 
Tuesday. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Well, one of the things we we talk about quite a bit, and we actually been talking a lot about recently, Jack, is one of the things we help to do uh, for our clients is we help to inspire them. Inspire. Inspire, right? Good word. And one of our favorite places to go, and I think we've discussed this on the show before. I know we've <laughs> talked to our clients about okay, it before. Favorite places, why? No, go on. <laughs> Maybe I for for a number of reasons, but hey, you know, it's called the the inspiration room. Ah, uh, yes. All right, and now those of you listening out there, you have an inspiration room as well, whether you know it or not by that name. But that's what we often refer to it as, the inspiration room, and that is also what's known as the uh, the Louvre, the commode, the head, the head. Or as we often see nowadays, the the unisex lavatory. That's right. A lot of lot of words. It has a lot of words uh, to describe what it is. But we prefer that inspiration room phrase, Jack. Right? Why is that? Why do we prefer it, or why do we call it that? Well, why do we call it that? All right. Well, there seems to be a lot of divine inspiration or intervention that seems to come from um, from following Mother Nature's call to kind of relieve yourself, and you go into the bathroom and you get inspired. Because your mind becomes cleared. Magically, your mind becomes cleared. Uh, whatever happens when you're releasing those toxins, all of a sudden, inspiration often comes out. They come out of the inspiration room like, hey, I got it. The idea just came to me. It's happened so often <laughs> in the time we've been That's together. That's right. It's so here, here we're, we're talking to our clients. And, uh, you know, we, we meet with clients every day, different clients. and. And so here we're talking about a vexing problem, and we can't quite get get the solution to it. We're going round and round for maybe an hour or so, and then one of us gets up to go to the inspiration room. And it seems a very disproportionate number, well, a good number, quite frankly, uh, of solutions come back from that visit to the inspiration room. So that's why we call it the inspiration room, because it inspires, it, it provides solutions. And everyone has one in their company. It's required by law, so I know you got one. <laughs> you may have multiple ones, right? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, guys like Steve Jobs are very famous for liking to take walks, having walking meetings, you know. So our thing is having inspiration room breaks. So the, those are often helpful to kind of to, to break through what's kind of going on. Uh, and it gives a lot of things to kind of happen. The, the reason that, that, that I was bringing this up or came to mind, Jack, is we're talking about the whole idea of focusing on solutions versus identifying problems is – Fewer things can can suck the air out of the room more than just people who are, who are who are identifying problems or what's wrong. Whereas the inspiration and the injection of energy comes from solutions, solutions and real real world solutions, things you can do things about. You know, it, it, it's depending on your mood. It's easy to to get in a dark place real quick and focus on all the things that are going wrong. Very and, much so. Yeah, whether it be things that are going wrong within your organization in terms of things that are breaking down or systems that aren't working or somebody's gotten sick or somebody left or somebody died or you know, whatever kind of happened or there's things even outside of your, your organization that you have absolutely no control about. You know, worldwide economy, things kind of going on, natural disasters, all kinds of things that you can get in a real dark place real quick. And that's not where you want to be taken, folks. You want to be able to get people positive, get them inspired, get them feeling really good. And we know that when you focus on solutions, solutions help to empower people. Again, we're coming back to this whole idea of trying to get people to take ownership and empower them. The idea, let's get some solutions down. And again, if you as the owner have to be the one with all those solutions, very daunting. That can be very draining for you. But as you're starting to have some brainstorming sessions or some time back and forth, people have a chance to think about stuff and they're shooting ideas your way, where we're focused on, hey, what's the solution to what could be uh, a very troublesome problem? That we, hey, let's get this thing solved. And you do, and it's amazing the energy that can come from something like that, right? So focusing on solutions, it, it, that's a good mindset and framework to be able to have for people. And so what does that look like? So if... If people are coming into you as the owner and saying, "Hey, here's what my my problem is," okay, well, you sort of bring them together. Let's, let's bring folks together. We, we, we had a client that was doing some regular meetings for a sales team. I know for for those of you who have um, have a sales team as part of your organization, uh, they can often 
maybe not necessarily work so well together because they're 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 often uh, motivated by their own sales in terms of what's kind of going on. So they're they're busy out, you know, turning over rocks or uh, developing and establishing or or, or growing their relationships to kind of get things kind of going, and they aren't. They, they, aren't be, real. Yeah, they can be a tough team. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's often hard to kind of corral them. You know, people talk about the idea of what, uh, what's the famous phrase of like herding cats. Herding know. cats. You know, right. I have no idea where that comes from. I don't know if you. I think that's a great, great little phrase. I know you're a cat guy, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, did you ever heard of cat, about four cats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You aren't going to do it easily. It's very, unless there's good food around, so. Maybe, ah, but okay. yeah, herding cats. Well, that's a, they go in all different directions. Okay, that's a good idea. Hold on. So, if you have food at that meeting for the sales folks, it's probably a good. That's, that's a good right. start. Some good, good food. food all right. Yeah. Good food will get them in the door, and they got to keep them there. But the idea of trying to get them to share, because what happens is with sales folks, especially, is they may. They may feel like, hey, you know, uh, even though we're on the same team, Jack, you know, we're almost kind of maybe competing against each other to a certain extent. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so getting them to open up and try to solve some of the things that are kind of going on, getting them to work together. So we had a client that started to do this. We started to, to ask for their ideas, to kind of share what they were doing, to really start to open up a bit and start to kind of build some of that trust. And, again, share what's kind of going on. Here's what we can do to get better, realizing that there's plenty of things out there for, for, for everyone. And if we're all doing well, we're all going to benefit from this. And so it's a big deal to get Get those folks together, and again, talking about if we have a, a problem, let's figure out some of the solutions together. And, and some brainstorming. Brainstorming is a very energizing thing when you're trying to get you know get the best ideas together because you can work off each other's ideas. And so I don't have the idea myself, but you mentioned something, Jack, that kind of triggered a thought in my mind. Okay, now I'm going this direction with it. Much like we do here on the show, where you, I'll, I'll mention about... All over, all over. Yeah, yeah. I'll mention birds in a nest, and we're off here talking about Peter and his beard, and we're going over here talking about this over here. And I, you know, things will, will, will go in the directions that... Yeah, me in my own mind would never even go there, but just having the two of us together, all of a sudden we're going in different directions, and imagine adding a third or a fourth or a fifth person. To That's it. right, and that the boss's job is to rein that in, let it go for a while, because that that's kind of fun. It goes in different directions, and uh, to have light moments, perfectly appropriate. And but it's your job to rein it in and get refocused. If we're here to to uh, you know have solu- have problems identified and then try to find solutions and prioritize them and account for them then you got a winner you really do you got a winner so we've been talking a lot about some of the group stuff. Let me break it down to maybe it's more of a one-to-one situation. We had a client uh, a few months back was having challenges with with uh, with an employee, and the owner tried a lot of different things to get this employee to, to you know. If you're in a fancy pants world, Jack, of a big corporation, they call things like corrective action. Ah, yes. Or, all, those, or, all those words, those are euphemisms, aren't they? Or they use the word PIP. And it's not Gladys oh. Knight in the PIPs, but oh, they, pips. Use, they use the term PIP. Okay. P-I-P, which is a performance improvement plan. <laughs> Aren't those great? They are. Right. So we don't mess around with those silly words in, in, in small companies. We're trying to get to the point where we're getting somebody to kind of step up and do their job and do it well and, and to stop making the same mistakes over and over again, but to get better. And one of the challenges that, 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 that owners have, we talk about this all the time with our clients, is that they got to understand their power as the owner. And so when they say things, people will, will, will stand up and listen. And, and believe it or not, you may have an employee or two that's really frustrating the heck out of you. Okay, believe it or not, the employee's trying to do their best. They're, they're really trying to please you and, and do, do things right. They aren't, it's rare that you find the case where they're, they're, they're purposely trying to sabotage stuff, right? So this client had, had a, an employee who was doing certain things well and certain things that was just driving him nuts. And... He went to, to, to one of those other key people and was talking about it a little bit and just said, you know, kind of throwing his hands up. Said, you know, I'm at Wood's End here. I, I'm not sure what to do with this, right? And this other employee who'd only been on board for maybe six months said, you know, I, I, I kind of see something with this. Let me see if I can't kind of jump in and, you know, here, here's what my plan's going to be. And, and um, you know, she was talking a similar game to what the owner was. Said, hey, here's what my plan's going to be. So presented a plan and said, give me a few months. Let me kind of see if I can't get this thing kind of going the right way. And... Owner said, "Okay, well, what do I have to lose? If, you know, if, if this doesn't work out, chances are this person is going to be kind of on their way out anyway. So, if it's off my plate and she wants to handle it, okay, I want the less thing for me to worry about. Let me kind of go, right. you know, deal with some other things, right? So, 
after a couple months, you know, he started commenting how seeing changes in this employee, I mean, dramatic changes after being taken under her wing in terms of just giving guidance. And again, a lot of the same things that the owner had been saying, but uh, again, it was falling on those deaf ears. We were mentioning earlier about the, the, the adults in the Charlie Brown world. That's often where the owner's voice can kind of get into for the employees, or if it's the same thing over and over again, they often stop hearing it. But a fresh voice coming in, and it's, the style's a little different. It's, again, the way it's presented. Same information, just presented a little bit differently. All of a sudden, people might hear it. And, and, That's and a very a powerful recognition. I, I agree. You know, People get tired of hearing the same voices as they become more familiar with each other. Right. So a fresh voice always has a new attention, new energy with that. So, you know, the, the the point here is that, you know, as an owner, sometimes you have to kind of get out of the way. That's one example of it. We'll have uh, uh, some other example we'll get back here from the break. But the idea is you have to kind of get out of the way. And once somebody presents a plan to you, okay, if that plan makes sense, you have a chance to vet the plan a bit. You can give some ideas of tweaks. But if the plan sounds great, Jack, go do it. You know, let me know what I can do to help you, to help remove any barriers for you, to kind of help make make things work for you. But as the owner, get out of the way. That's that's. That's something that's hard to do. It's not in your nature to kind of get out of the way. So, all right, we have some more things coming here in our final segment today. So if you want to stay tuned, we'll have more about how do you get your team to take ownership. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are going to let you know one of those how questions. All right, we got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way. So stay tuned here on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. back at it here our final segment here on dirty secrets of small business this evening appreciate you being uh, being part of the show and hanging in here and uh, if you missed by the way if you missed any part of today's show or you missed any of our, our prior shows there's lots of ways to get a hold of that if you're on the podcast you can go to itunes or stitcher wherever it might be and go uh, download the podcast there and you know you can play it back and stop and rewind and play it over again if you go to wintradio.com their archive section you'll be able to find our, our shows there as well so lots of ways to kind of go back if you want to if you missed part of it or if you want to re-listen to part of it again great ways to kind of go i know some people just you know they, they kind of need to hear our voices to relax themselves and maybe maybe they go to sleep or get excited or get inspired i don't know all of different them. things right all things that's right so, so we have you know each one of our our radio shows uh results in a, a podcast being put out there and we have uh, we've been together now doing the radio show well we've been adam and i've been together doing business coaching for over 15 years and we've done the radio show now for a little over two years and we've we've produced well over 100 podcasts now. But what amazed me, we were looking at some of our numbers here the other day, and there have been over 20,000 downloads of our podcasts. Uh, 20,000. I'm, I'm always amazed by these numbers. And from that, basically, uh, the United States is the biggest downloader, and following that is Japan. And it's it's always amazing to me how how and where people uh, will find you on the internet today. It's just uh, it's fun and it's awesome. That's a true true use of the word awesome. But I just thought I'd throw that one in there because uh, we like to randomize uh, some of our discussions. <laughs> so that's random. Wait, is that is that a verb? Randomize. I mean, I know what you mean by that. It's good. I, I've never heard Randomized. that word. Randomize. Randomize. Yeah, gotta be a good. I'm word. randomizing right now. Okay, <clears throat> we could have a show on that. Just kind of okay. Random thoughts. That's almost like uh, remember Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy. Is that does that ring a bell? <laughs> no. Oh, it was a great a great uh, segment on Saturday Night Live for years back in the '90s. I think it was. Maybe it sneaked it snuck the into deep the 2000s. Thoughts of who? Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy, and it'd come on and. It'd often be this kind of peaceful uh, music and kind of scenery, and it'd be scrolling up. He'd be reading, and it'd kind of be scrolling up by like a little story, you know, it'd be a very calming story. And all of a sudden, they'd take a, a huge turn to the left, you know, like, oh, you know, just you know, go from just be peaceful. All of a sudden, it went bam. All of a sudden, the the the, the, the duck got his head chopped off. It's it kind of random stuff, right? It's, it's, so it was, again, they call it deep thoughts of Jack Handy. So ah, you've never good. seen it. It's, it's again some good, <laughs> some good things in there. So we could have. Random thoughts with Jack and Adam. Oh, the local, that, right? the local uh, TV years ago had the character 
on uh, on also I, no, it was Friday nights called Readings by Robert, and Robert would show up in a big uh, oh he'd, he'd, there'd be a room with a fireplace going and a high back chair and Robert would come into the scene and. He'd have a little smoking jacket on. He'd be smoking with a cigarette holder. Have an ascot? <laughs> yes, and an ascot. Nice. And he had a lisp. Scotch? He had a lisp. <laughs> and, he, and he would he would be pronouncing the right kind of words to throw everybody off. You know, like what did he say there? You know? And it was it was just a lot of fun. And those those skits, you know, those skits are well, you know, that was that was the time for those. Today, that's not the case too much. All right, so readings by Robert. Yeah, readings by Robert. All right, we'll have to look those things up. Those are probably some good YouTube things to be checking out here. Absolutely. All right, so lots of, we'll, we'll put all the stuff in the show notes. Don't worry, we'll have, we'll have references to this stuff so you can go and, and take a look um, at the show notes again on the podcast. Actually, go to our website, too. Those, these things are on our website as well at MaximumVP.com. Uh, we got a radio show tab there you click on and it has, uh, has all the shows on it. You can kind of go through and scroll through and see them. Um, but in any case, let me try to de-randomize us here and get back on uh, on our topic for the for the evening here just to kind of to, to finish up some of the thoughts here uh, again the whole the whole topic tonight has been about how to kind of get your team to take ownership and there's different ways to do that we were talking you know coming out of break or going into break excuse me about the owner kind of getting out of the way and often as the owner you can't solve the problems and part of the way that you want to challenge your team, and we, we do this with, with clients of ours that are often longer-term clients, because usually when we start with a client, they, they've got maybe one or two key people, but it's not they often haven't built their their key team. And uh, usually it comes to a small company, if you can get to a, key, a core team of usually between three to five key people that you're kind of working through, that's usually the, that's usually the, the goal. And some of our clients, takes, it takes them several years to get there. Um, a few have had it when we kind of got in. It's a matter of kind of getting those teams. Everybody moves at their own pace. But in any case, part of what you want to do is you want to have them come back to the, 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 the comment last segment about focusing on solutions versus problems. Have them present solutions to you. And so there's often been the case where we've worked with clients of ours where we'll meet with their um, their executive team without the owner. Most of our, our meetings with our clients are with the owners. Okay, it may involve other people as well, but usually the owner's involved. But once in a while, we'll get involved with just the executive team and trying to coach the team and kind of help them work through some stuff because it's helping them grow and get better. And we know it helps. And it's a different voice. Again, often the, 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 we'll, we'll be parroting a lot of things that the owner's talking about because we're, 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 we're giving the owner some of the ideas too. But to help, help this team start to work together, getting a team cohesive and working together, well, solving a problem, you know, come, come up with solutions that are going to work. And again, it's things that are going to work for you. You know, I may be able to come in here and ha- have a solution, but you may not like it, Jack, because it's you know, it's more draconian and it's to say hey, this is what I'm saying you should do, versus hey, you're the guy living it day to day. Well, hey, what's a what's a livable solution for you? I may say, hey, why don't you guys, if you can't find time to talk, why don't you guys all talk at 6 a.m. Well, it's not going right. to work for you me. Can, you know? That's yeah. right. You can always you can always find solutions. People are expected to compromise somewhat. But open your mind and and have good, lively debates if necessary. It's surprising how, you know, there are really few problems that can't be solved. It's a case of of addressing them in an organized, organized, consistent fashion. And it's amazing how many problems can be solved. And some are big. Some are big budget items and and, uh, very costly and complex and long-reaching. Okay, those are a little bit different. They should be talked about with the group, but they should be also moved out of the group into people who, who basically can address this and manage it, and, and it's pertinent to their own operations. So, you know, the group warfare of solving problems, it's absolutely wonderful. That's that word again tonight, wonderful. Wonderful. Certain <laughs> thing about Eric Clapton now. Random thoughts. Wonderful tonight. Hey, I, I know that song. Yeah, so do, you, do you know who it was written for? Uh, no. It was written for the wife of a friend of his, George oh. Harrison's wife. Oh, really? Yeah. That's got oh, a beautiful, boy. beautiful tune to it. That's not kind of what it envisions, but here he is. He's picture that being, you know, and he and George Harrison, I guess, were, were kind of best friends. <laughs> so, but it's, well, I forget what commandment that is. I can't, I can't remember all in order, but coveting thy neighbor's wife, that's not necessarily a good thing. But it's a great song, though, Jack. Wonderful tonight. Huh. <clears throat> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Bring that into the group session. Back on our random thoughts. So, yeah, a lot of what we talk about with, 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 um, 
our clients are the owners and dealing with employees. We make a lot of analogies to parenting. So you've obviously been through it. You've been through now grandparenting as well. I'm, you know, 15 plus years into parenting. Um, there's a certain perspective you have in terms of uh, how do you handle it? And so when the kids are very young, you, you, the, your options are pretty limited. But as the kids get older, um, you know, part of your job is not to, to, to solve all their problems for them, you know, and uh, help them think for themselves, think, think through things. And one of the, the keys there is to let them stumble and, and maybe even fail at times. Sure. And see how they, how they react to that. How do you, when you kick the, you know, kick the knockdown, you know, do you get back up and what, you know, and what do you do about it? And well, it's appropriate because that's how life is. And you have to, yeah, you have to provide those, what, what are really fairly benign, uh, benign experiences when somebody's young and, and being pushed around a little bit, uh, you know, to eliminate, try to eliminate and protect your child from all negativity is just impractical. It's not how the world is. Unless you live in a bubble. There's a Seinfeld program about the kid in a bubble. And, well, I won't get into that one. But the kid that's related to the boy in the bubble with John Travolta? I don't know that one. You know that one? That was a great movie. He was literally in the bubble. And I think this is... It may have been during Welcome Back, Cotter, but it before Saturday Night Fever, or it was right at right in that same kind of time frame before John Travolta kind of blew up, you know. But he was the boy in the bubble. Mm-hmm. So Seinfeld and the kid in the bubble, the kid in the bubble, or the boy in the bubble. He was a mean spirited little guy. It was fun. I it, all their episodes are fun. I like Seinfeld. All right, so. <laughs> So yeah, so from a parenting standpoint, it can be it can be a lot of similar challenges with your with your employees. But the idea is, you know, hey, the, you have the beauty that your employees are, are adults, or at least they're supposed to be adults when they come in. And the idea that you don't need to wait, you know, to they're ten, twelve years old to start to do some of these things. You can start to do it pretty quickly, and have that kind of be a way you want to do it. To, to put back on them is okay. Well, hey, what, you know, what do you think we should do about that, Jack? Coming to me with a problem. Okay, what, what do you think we should do? Because you might have an answer already. That if I don't, if I give you an answer, then. Okay, now it's my answer. Now, you know, if it doesn't work, well, it's not not your fault. It's my fault because I gave you the answer, right? That's right. Versus, well, what do you think we should do? Because, again, what's going to happen? I'm coming back to the, one of the first comments here in the first segment about, you know, you don't have all the answers as the owner. You know, you, you know you, and you don't necessarily have all the best answers. But you got your 6, 8, 10, 15 employees. A lot of brains working there if you can get them to function that way. Absolutely. That's what We've the, seen it work so often, and we encourage it and set up these these meetings people give meetings a bad name and they give it a bad name because they aren't disciplined and focused and that doesn't mean a hard line approach you can have a lot of fun with it but somebody's got to be in charge to bring the meeting back to uh back to center point and hey what are we doing here don't forget that and they don't have to be long either no, well, that's uh, that's what tonight's and as always the case. We always run out of time here, Jack. We're, so we are up against it here. Uh, but that was what tonight's show is about. So if you missed parts of it, you want to go back and listen to it again. We kind of gave you the ways to kind of help make that start to happen to get your your team involved, to get them sharing their ideas, sharing and uh, some creating some of these solutions. It's, it's a great way to be able to kind of go and you have a lot of fun in your business again doing that. So well, thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We invite you to tune in every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. You have questions in between you can get us at radio at maximumvp.com you can also call us 877-849-0670 again you can, you can get the show on itunes or stitcher or wherever you get your, your podcast if you do leave a review that'd be great and you can learn more dirty secrets of small business next wednesday 7 p.m eastern hey thanks for listening on integrity radio wint 1330 am 101.5 fm and online wintradio.com